You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Michael, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Hey, everybody. Welcome back once again. It's your friends at Kapow, the pop culture podcast. My name's Jordan Lowe. Cliff Barnes. I'm the illustrious Michael K. Easton. Cut that out. I'm Seth. <laughs> Don't tamp his creativity. Let That's him be true. him. Yeah. Be you, but not to you. Just yeah. you know, <laughs> to be less you. <laughs> ah, so we thank you for listening. We thank you for tuning in, being loyal listeners, and we really thank our patrons. It's one dollar a month gets you access to a secret Facebook page. You get to vote in our polls when we do a one job. You get a Ooh. say in it. You get access cool. to us. You get some behind-the-scenes stuff. You get the video of these Zoom calls that we record. So you get to watch us as we do the podcast. Uh, you get you get intimate access to us. Security footage line. of Michael's office. Mm-hmm. Right. You get you get uh, Michael. Twenty-four hours a day. Some people subscribe to the Owl's Nest, <laughs> watching the baby owls grow. Some people. Get Michael's room. So I, I don't know what more you could get for a dollar unless it involves trivia. We Ooh. have not really talked much about this, but we have done some patron trivia nights. That's the sweet spot. You know, for a buck, <laughs> not only do you get to pay a buck, you get to run a trivia night for us. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah, put you to work. How did we rope in a patron into running the whole thing? I know. I know. <laughs> So yeah, sweet. we we kind of log into Zoom. We have uh, pop culture trivia. We we have some laughs. We learn some things. It's it's really fun. We don't do it all the time, but it, it's it's once in a while treat. And all all our patrons are invited anytime. Um, not everybody could make it to this last one though. Uh, there were some really good questions involved, and the one was Disney related. Uh-oh. And Justin was not Justin was not sure of the answer. He was. I he, thought this was like, a great question. Yeah, he said I really want Cliff's perspective on this one because he was, he was, he wanted to you know call for a review from the umpire. So the, I feel uh, like the pressure is on. Like I have to know something here. Mm, yeah. So the question. If you know was, this, I'll I'll be. You get the golf clap. <laughs> it was what was the first animated Disney feature not based on an existing story, like a fairy tale or, you know, not, oh not something that already existed. The first original story that became an animated Disney feature film. Okay, feature film. Yeah. I will, I feel like there was also, a, I don't want to leave him out to dry, there was mm-hmm. a hint in there also about, he said, it wasn't based on anything, although he did say something about Possibly, some people had said maybe it felt a little biblical or um, yeah, well, Shakespearean. The first thing I think I that was think, he kind of said something like that. Right. The first thing I would think of would be Fantasia, but but in the 1940s, those war years, they released several um, like clip features that were several smaller stories jammed together into a feature film. Well, don't don't break your brain because it's not Fantasia, so go, some, go somewhere else. Okay. So, feature film, was it Saludos Amigos? I think Cliff knows so much about Disney, like he's <laughs> overthinking it. Okay, I'm obviously overthinking it. But I don't, did Justin even say what he thought it was? I don't remember if he ever did say for sure, but it's more modern. It's it's later. Oh, it's later more modern. Who somebody thought they were going to say the three? Uh, what is that? that? 
was Cavaliers. That might have been yeah. his. I don't know whether it was him or who said that. Yeah, so there was Saludos Amigos, um, which wasn't fully animated. And then you had, that was followed by the three Caballeros as part of that um, trip to the to South America that Walt and some an, a bunch of animators, people from the company took. So that was the byproduct of that. But Not according to like, our quiz master. It's we had else. Melody Time and <laughs> and those type of films too, which all came out about that same time when, you know, the studio was being was, you know, taken over by the US government. So but if it's more modern This is fun. This I, is, I don't know. Uh, Just tell me. Jared, the quiz master, says it's Lion King. That was going to be my guess. Yep. I didn't hear you say anything. So you, oh, I look like, on your uh, face, I you I feel like you agree with Justin that maybe that's not technically correct. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I, I thought about it afterwards. And I was like, really? All these things were based on something? And then you think about, you know, obviously the Jungle Book and so on and so on. But so, I asked Nick... The mm-hmm. other day, after we had done that, what he thought, and it, you know, what well, he doesn't freaking have any idea, but he he's like, I don't know, Bambi, and I was like, no, no, it must that's based on something. But I, but what was so funny to me is it was like yesterday. You know how you hear a word or you see something and then you see it all the time. I'm scrolling through my Twitter and there's a picture of Carrie Fisher reading Bambi, the book Bambi, mm-hmm. like from 1920 something, and I'm like, I didn't even know that was a book. And you know, until the other day, that you know, that's funny. Yeah, because but, it kind of popped in my head. I was like, I was doing the same thing. I'm like, Jungle Book, no. Hundred One Dalmatians, no. Peter Pan, no. It just shows how unoriginal <laughs> Disney is. I really thought The Lion King was based off of a Japanese property. I like, see. I threw well, that out, and nobody knew what I was talking about. Kimba the White Lion. Yeah. Was the controversy that it was very similar? The uh, maybe they haven't done Kazuka, it yet. The guy maybe who created Astro Boy. Maybe they haven't had anything original yet. <laughs> <laughs> we wondering... also got asked about what were the five spinoffs of Happy Days. Yeah, and this oh. became a half hour of our night. Yeah, that was a mess. <laughs> While it's a good question, yeah, yeah. that's it's not. Mm-mm. Because there are three that everyone knew, and then there are two that were just crazy obscure. Yeah. You can look those up on your own time or join us on our next trivia. But don't don't shout out if you know it, but this was our final question. In the 1980s Mr. T cartoon. Oh. Don't, don't, don't shout was, it out. This don't is a sterling out. question. This, is, Do you, this doesn't get so, any better. The cartoon was about Mr. T... And a group of kids that he was the coach of. What sport was he the coach of for these kids? Do you did would you know that if someone asked? Yeah. Michael immediately I knew Michael would know. <laughs> <immediately>. <laughs> what? Do you have any you... Oh, they would have both They both got knew it. it. Alright, they got it. They Nobody got both. it. Uh, we didn't what? get it. We know basketball. I pity the fool! <laughs> I could remember as soon as as soon as he told the answer. Of course, you know you remember that. You know it was just so generic feeling. I can even remember the jackets they wore with the the stars and the red and blue. And the dog had a mohawk. Yep. Yeah. Well, I was great, just sitting there like nothing makes sense. I couldn't imagine him like swim faster laps, fool. Like he couldn't be a <laughs> swim coach. You know, like I, I just couldn't picture Mr. T coaching anything. It was like I guess gymnastics makes as much sense as anything. Right, That's yeah. hilarious. So, uh, twist of fate. Somehow, I was dumb enough to volunteer to do the next trivia night. So I'm, because I kind of feel bad that Jared keeps having to do this and not get to play. Yeah. So I'm gonna try to step up, and I think I've got like two questions ready. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, I every other day I, I think, hey, I need to think of a question. So, <laughs> so here maybe in the next month or so we'll. We'll uh, have another trivia night. So if you're hearing this and you're not a patron, get that dollar in, and you can. We will let you know on the secret Facebook page, and you can join us. It will be very pop culturey, uh, catered to old men, <laughs> <laughs> and the stakes yeah. could not be lower. 
Oh, there's nothing on the line. No idea. No one is judging you by how much no. or how little you know. It's all just fun. Right. Yeah. It's just for fun. So heck yeah. And there's gonna be there's always at least one Jesse there. That's right. Speaking of Jesse, I'm gonna give props to Jesse. There's a some people there's curated lists or pages, things you go to, you get like the cream of the crop. And there is a Facebook page that I do not follow, but but the OJ follows. And he it is uh, two guys dancing <laughs> to a, a different song, <laughs> but it's one video of these two these old guys. This is old couple old guys dancing or whatever, you know, and like clogging looking thing. And then I'm sure you guys have seen it. You know what I'm talking about. But then they put just keep putting different songs mm-hmm. overlapping it. Yeah, you know, I, I don't even know what the original song was, but and then they but right when the song kicks in this. This, he waves in this other guy and that guy comes in and he's dancing and it's so good but there's like 200 or, or, or around 200 or some of them but the only ones i will watch are ones that jesse shares i don't follow the page i let him curate the list that i need to see so when he shares it that's what i see and so far he is killing it good work Oh, all right. So it's time for time. It's time for some time. It's just a jump to the left. With your hands on your hips. I read another book about time travel. It is a famous one you've probably heard of. Kurt Vonnegut, Slaughterhouse-Five. Billy became unstuck in time, Billy Pilgrim. Uh, Have you read this, Jordan? This feels like you would have read this. I've read several Vonnegut books, but for some reason I haven't read that one. I I just never have found it in a a used place. But it's... Uh, you know, I've always heard of it my whole life. I know they made a movie. I've never seen about it or whatever. But it's from like 1966. It's it's very anti-war. Um, he's a it's like a Billy Pilgrim is like a soldier. Didn't really want to fight. Kind of refused to. And um, but it's just about his life and um, the slaughterhouse is just somewhere that they these soldiers were at or prisoners at one time in the story, but it, it's uh, the whole gist basically is he's, he believes he was uh, taken by aliens. Like the, it almost sounds like the Mandal, the tra- Mandalorians or something, <laughs> I don't even know. but they, you know, hmm. keep him in a cage, bring a porn star to him to have sex with him. It's not, that's not a big part of the story, but mm-hmm. I thought, uh, it's worth mentioning. And, um, but it's like his, his, it tells his entire life basically, but he, this, the, the way the time travel works for him is he is able to access and all time is happening at once for him. Okay. That's the best way to explain. He can just, at one moment, he's in one spot in his life and he's also somewhere else doing something else and it's so not not the typical right. point to point time travel story Correct. this one's a more quantum yeah and it is very anti-war just um uh and has uh it's not the best thing i ever read but i, I it's short which is man if it's short there you go you made the episode <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it, it's it's I could see why it's a classic. Uh, you know, for 1966, I'm sure it was very strange to have something like this and that. And it was it was it kept me interested. I'm not it's not on the top of my list or anything, but I'm glad I read it. And it's another different way to uh, tell a time travel story and have a little 
you know, theme to it of trying to be anti-war. And so oh, we're going to do one of our segments we haven't done for a couple weeks here where you get to know us a little better. You down with KPP? Yeah, you know me. What the hell is wrong with you people? What's wrong with you? What is wrong with you? I hate so much about the things that you choose to be. Cliff, what's the question this time? That one's tied into the TV stuff. Oh, I screwed it up. You have to cut that out. <laughs> I messed it up. Okay, so whatever you were going to do now. Take two. Hey, we haven't talked comic books in a while. Ooh. Comics. There's not a whole lot going on. So That's this won't what take, this all build-up yeah, is for? This, this won't take a, a whole episode. On. There's not a whole lot, but it's 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 major. Uh, the few things that are happening are pretty major. Uh, as we record now, it would have been the weekend of Baltimore Comic Con. So they've gone virtual like everyone else has. They're live streaming. They've got two days worth of panels that are that are live streaming with a bunch of big name people. Um, that's where they give out the Ringo Awards, named after Mike Waringo, the artist. So those will all be virtual again. So again, it's an it, another. It's usually a big weekend for news and announcements, and a whole lot of people on the East Coast go to this, but not this year. Yeah, we. I think I wanted to go last year after I had went to that one in North Carolina or whatever and HeroCon or what and but then it, everything got screwed up, so it is one of the shows still without being jerks about it, it's still like a comic con. It's it's not a whole lot of media stuff. So most of the guests are comic creators, so it's it has kept the comic focus. Um I got some Perlmutter news. Perlmutter. Perlmutter. Oh, please do. Are you awake? I'll just make sure Cliff was awake. Um. <laughs> so, Ike and Laura Perlmutter. Are the... Do we know that? Is Laura? Wife? Laura. Yeah, did, did we know? Have we delved into well, Laura Perlmutter? I did. I have done the work. I've done the research. <laughs> He's dwelled in term. So they led the world in donations in September to the America First Action Super PAC, a Republican fundraising super PAC who is headed by Linda McMahon, who WWE's Vince McMahon, his wife, mm-hmm. is the CEO of this organization. So as the election nears, as we record this, the election is very, very near. Uh, we hope we hope by the time you hear this, it's all over. Well, yeah, um, the whole thing. So, you know, <laughs> donations are public knowledge. So in the last three and a half years, the promoters have donated somewhere between 2.5 and 3 million to you know, right-wing PACs. According to the Washington Post, they donated 15 million just in September. Yeah, they quintupled more than three years of donations in one month. So in yeah, in in September, the pack took in a total of 43 million, and 15 of it was just from the Pearl Mothers. So I I can't do the math on that, but it's 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 a pretty big percentage. Is is he still involved with the uh, the VA? I haven't the... heard a whole lot. I haven't in charge of it or something. Yeah, I think he, he's. I'm sure he's still part of the Mar-a-Lago crew that you know mm-hmm. the brain trust down there. But I, I haven't heard any news that he's involved with, which I'm sure is how he wants it. He doesn't want to be in the news. Always lingering in the shadows. So something has happened that I think has maybe panicked the Burmutters to, to, to infuse quite a bit of cash. So timely as always, <laughs> they have uh, poured a whole lot of money into this la- last month of the election. 
we'll see where all those Marvel bucks, what good it does. We don't, we don't know. Mar- you- yeah. The, I could just see they're like, hey, who paid us in Marvel bucks? <laughs> <laughs> Put it with the camel cash. We can't get anything. All right. So I have been closed on Monday since I reopened from the pandemic. It's kind of nice to have two days a week. Two days a week off. I have an actual weekend. Um, but last Monday, three pieces of news dropped on the same day on my day off. Each worse than the last. <laughs> so the <laughs> the three pieces of news I got. Uh, there's a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles book coming out, a miniseries called The Last Ronin, and it is it was an idea that Eastman and Laird had way back in the day to do a Dark Knight Returns sort of story where it's set in the future. Only one turtle has survived. He's got all four of their weapons, and he's become, you know, there's a a future wasteland that he has to survive. So it was an idea they had, and they never did anything with it. So one of them dug it out recently, like, oh, that was a pretty cool idea. And now they have fleshed it out and created it, turned into a book. So uh, it had Laird's Blessing, Eastman co-wrote it and helped lay it out. Um, and it was getting a whole lot of buzz. They're, they switched artists before it came out and had to scrap some of the art that was originally done, so it got delayed a month. Well, Monday I, I heard it's going to be allocated because they set the print run before they got the orders in. So they Uh-oh. printed the book, and then the orders came in like, oh, wow, uh, we didn't make enough. So stores aren't getting all the ones they ordered. So what happens then? eBay prices spike through the roof because people are afraid they're not going to be able to get this book. Yep. So now here I am. It comes out as we record next week. So I haven't had a chance to read it. And this was, I thought was good. I ordered pretty heavy on it, especially compared to what I normally order for the Turtles. And this was the sort of book I would be able to recommend people it's a standalone thing. You don't have to have read the last 10 years of Turtles to get it. I thought it was going to be a big hit. Like I've talked before, the comic industry is in need of hits right now. And I thought this was going to be one. And I don't know. So now the buzz is how valuable is this book going to be? Not how cool is it going to be? How excited am I to read it and check it out and see what's happening? So hmm. not terribly pleased about that. Um, then they... Oh, Jordan, could you uh, reserve me a copy of that? <laughs> <laughs> if there's any that are dented from the box, I'll, I'll see if there's any. <laughs> so do we know... Do we know who the last turtle standing is? No, they've... I mean, I don't know if they've... Someone's cracked it or not, but as far as the solicitations they have, that's part of the mystery. Uh, you, it's just everything's kind of shadowy, and it's... it's so he's... He, the turtle looks kind of older, so you don't. There's no way to really uh, see from the cover or what they've released yet. So, what's your guess? I want your official guess right now. Raphael. My, my, my guess would be Raphael because that that's always there. It's always Raphael. Eastman and Laird's favorite turtle was Raphael, yeah. but I thought Michelangelo would be more interesting as you know the aged, grizzled, you know the fun guy has to become the serious, grim. Yeah. There's always been like a zen about Michelangelo, like he's goofy and no one believes like he can be taken seriously. But oh, uh, trust me, we all know who the Michelangelo. Is. <laughs> <laughs> but he does have that zen quality to him. Why? Well, I've got news for you guys. It's really it's Mitch McConnell. <laughs> he's a lizard. He's not a turtle. So that same day, I learned Marvel Unlimited, which is the digital service that you pay a fee to, and you can go back and read the archives of older Marvel comics. They always uh, there's a publication delay of six months. So six months after mm-hmm. a comic comes out in print, it comes up to Marvel Unlimited. Uh, Marvel's changing that to three months now. So three months after a comic is on my shelf. It is basically free to read digitally on Marvel Unlimited. So that's another hit toward uh, (laughs) brick-and-mortar shops. Mm -hmm. So that was the one-two punch, and then the one in the gut. Ooh! Remember uh, DC left Diamond 
and went to two other distributors. Yep. Remember how that happened? Yeah. Now there can be only one. UCS Distributors, the one I picked, <laughs> is going out of business. <laughs> Gatorade everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently it's coming. I Again, there's... It's kind of a he said, she said sort of thing so far. I don't know officially. But what I'm reading is there was kind of a six-month contract. It wasn't a long-term thing. DC did this so fast and so by the skin of their teeth, they just gave these two companies six months. And so all the headlines came out say, DC ditching UCS. And what I just read today was UCS decided not to re-up. They either couldn't handle the, the, the size and, and scope of this or they weren't making enough money, or who who knows. But UCS is bowing out. So as of January 1st, I have to switch to yet another distributor, and I have to switch everything over to Lunar. Um, so when my, my shipment came in yesterday from UCS, and they always, they've been praised for how they pack the boxes and everything's so carefully laid out. And the variants come in a protective sleeve and then in a card another cardboard box. My variant was just thrown in there with everything else. I'm like, they have wow. already stopped caring. They're out. Yeah, so yeah, my fancy one in twenty five variant is just in the bottom of the box with everything else. So uh, good luck to all the shops out there who have to do this a second time. So I saw several comments in the section comment sections were like, oh, they'll be back to Diamond within three months. Like Diamond is the only one that has the infrastructure to do this. And Lunar is going to get swamped with all these new accounts and we'll never be able to pull it off. And ship is going to be screwed up and everything's going to be messed up. So who knows? But I just know I have a whole lot more paperwork to learn. And I was just learning. I was just learning to get into the flow of this other one. And now I got to switch again. Well, I, I, had, have you read the Bleeding Cool article on this about Lunar? Uh, yeah, they put one out today and I think one a couple of days ago. Well, because I have it pulled up and they were talking about having criteria like focusing on brick and mortar stores and like uh, focusing on like you have like you couldn't have like an eBay store and it has to be brick and mortar. Yeah, they put a couple new rules in. They added minimums for the first time. So you have to order a minimum of $125 retail every week or $500 a month. Or if you don't order that much, they'll just wait a week and like package two weeks together. So they're not shipping out little shipments, mm -hmm. which, well, which that's shouldn't affect most stores. What's that? Well, that's something you complain about, like them shipping. Yeah. But I'd hate to be a week late on, on merchandise when, right. <laughs> whenever it comes. Did we, um, um, speaking of that Marvel Unlimited app, did we ever mention on the podcast about DC Universe changing what that service is going to a, uh, you know, digital comics and, and moving all their television shows to, um, and movies to HBO Max? We talked when HBO Max launched that we knew all the video stuff was going that direction, but we weren't sure what was going to happen with the app. So, so this is this marvel thing uh obviously a uh, combatant to the digital the dc digital service marvels has been around longer actually uh, yeah, that's right it's been around a long time and people said why doesn't dc have one of these but now they're going to be instead of six months they're you know just going to be three months behind yeah and i don't i don't know what I'm sure they have a lot, but I don't know if they have everything or if it rotates in and out. I just, I don't know anything about it. I just it know. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot on DC universe to, uh, you know, if you, if you wanted to sit down, you would have <laughs> plenty to keep you busy for some time. But yeah, like Michael said, they, they are, and they're not, they're only selling to brick and mortar stores now or established online retailers know if you're just an ebay reseller or sometimes buying clubs you know a bunch of guys will get together and order everything wholesale if they buy a lot of comics so you're not going to be able to get your dc books that way anymore i'm sure there's ways around that if you're <laughs> nefarious enough to get them but so yeah more shakeups from the dc side of things 
And uh, anybody reading anything recently? Um, I've been digging the death metal. Um, did you? There's that flash one shot. It was was it speed metal? Speed metal, right? Yeah, it was. The, the complaint I have about this crisis is it's too contained. Like a crisis is supposed to be like having every single possible character. Like George Perez was unprecedented in drawing everyone. And all these artists are like, we don't have time for that. So it's focused on a more like core group. And like, they always pick out a little team and add some, you know, yeah. core three, and then they'll throw in a swamp thing or whatever. You know, they, they just pick a few at random, it seems like. But there was there was a touching moment in the speed metal that I, as a longtime Flash fan, really enjoyed and loved of how they've screwed up the timeline of the Flash ever since 52 started. Uh, it, it was a very touching, loving moment, so... Um, it, it dwells into basically why Wally West, what? I'll kiss my ass. <laughs> they didn't say anything. Nobody said anything. <laughs> it's horrible. It was a patron All look. Your we're, we were just giving looks for the patrons. Yeah, I, I get you. But anyway. You even made fun of earlier. You yeah, set that you, up. You set, you set it up. <laughs> Go on. I want to hear the moment. But anyway. <laughs> With there being Barry Allen, why does there need to be a Wally West? That's the problem. Ever since they brought him back, yeah, kills the character Wally West. And we this- got a Ronald P. Tramp. Why do we need a Michael Case? Well, <laughs> that's a longer conversation. <laughs> but did this kind of like share that dynamic of how each character? Um, thinks in their ideology of how to um, proceed with like the impending doom that's going on. So there was that nice touch moment of like pulling back and forth of who was right, who was wrong. And then, you know, just like a family, as you argue, like you make up in the end and, you know, they make up in the end and and fight on as a family, basically. Are people coming in or are they excited about this whole Robin King thing? Because I'm seeing it everywhere, all over, you know, social no, media and stuff. I've seen nothing. They were his first appearance, of course. Speculators came in to scoop up Robin King's first appearance. I, death, the death metal stuff was really hot when it first came out, and it's still pretty good seller. But mm-hmm. it kind of it it slowed down a little bit. It, there's a whole lot of books that it ties into, so it couldn't keep up that momentum. But yeah, the the Robin King is a version of Robin from one of the dark multiverses where he killed his own parents in the alley and then planted the gun on a guy and then was, you know, basically Alfred's trying to raise him and he's a little horror show and he has spent his entire Wayne fortune uh, creating the utility belt full of things that could kill any member of the Justice League. So he is looking for kryptonite and all the all the the, the, the worst stuff in the multiverse that could, right. could kill all, all the adults. Huh. He's taking them out. Yeah, that's this this whole thing. It seems like just a fun, weird, dark Elseworlds type thing, but it seems to be leading. Like all the stuff coming after this seems like it's gonna something's going to happen in this that kind of either resets things or restarts things or kicks off something big. So it seems like there are stakes to this because my first few chapters reading it it's like okay this is just fun but it's not important but it does seem like it's going to have an impact in the the dc universe uh, Mm -hmm. at large i I do like how they kind of explain why why each crisis has happened why it exists and what what it means to the the whole concept of everything that has gone on so it it doesn't do away with any of the, the past events um but they're all tying into like into what is it future state like what uh, was, was going to be the 5g thing yeah. and now it's future state they've right? smashed it into like two issues of the future of the dc universe and what happens which 
I was reading over some of that. Some of it looks pretty cool and interesting. I wish they would have went along with their original 5G plans. I was really excited for that. But uh, th this looks to be because that's what I was like reading about that. Like, are they going to reset it or, you know, what's going on? But they keep they keep going back to like they're fixing what they broke. Like it's so who knows? Hmm. Cool. So the other big release, uh, we got the Rorschach issue one came out. Oh, yeah, I wanted to hear whether that's worth anything. It's a 12-issue series by Tom King and Jorge Fornes. I'm not sure. It was not what I expected. It didn't feel very Watchmen-y, but it didn't feel really Tom King-y either, if that makes any sense. When is it set? What's, going, what's the deal? It is set modern day, but I was like a dozen pages into it before I realized it. Because mm. I kind of forgot the Watchmen universe, you know, technology didn't stick ah, with us. Right, right. So the guy's got a beeper, all the phones have dials and cords. Like, uh, he looks, he, he kind of looks like Robert Redford in the 80s. Like, he's got long sideburns and long hair. Like, yeah. it's like, oh, right, this is set in 2020. So the idea is someone tries to assassinate a politician um in modern day so it's been 35 years since rorschach was killed and no one knew you know no one in the world knows where he is but no one's seen him in 35 years and they basically find walter kovacs's fingerprints so he is the prime suspect for a murder that uh he couldn't possibly have committed mm. or attempt attempted murder i guess so i don't know it, it was a very slow burn first issue it didn't have a whole lot of superhero-y type stuff or even watch many type stuff and it kind of focused on uh, more of the investigation and the, uh, the the mystery of it all. So we'll see. I guess we got another eleven issues to go. Hmm. Uh, launched the Walking Dead Deluxe. These are the colorized version. They're reprinting every issue of Walking Dead. Uh, the original are black and white with grayscale. These are full color now for the first time ever. Look at that, Michael. Huh? Did you look at those? Did you see those? No, not yet. Yeah, I looked at them. I was, uh, I, it's an interesting idea because, well, first off, that's a, that's a great way to make some money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't um, buy it once, buy it twice. Yeah. Uh, and because each one, I think issue one had five or six variant covers. That you yeah. know, if you're a completist, you're going to want all yeah. those. So each one has kind of basically the original cover, but just touched up. Um, they were all has pretty. A, a David Finch cover. It's sort of like a big moment from that issue in hindsight. And then Charlie Adlard's doing a connecting cover for the first six issues he didn't draw. He's doing like a panoramic six issue <coughs> uh, connecting version for the variants. I like how I was saying to you, I, I one. Actually, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's people that are just like, oh, this is sacrilegious. This this was always meant to be in black and white. But uh, it got confusing at times reading Walking Dead, who was who, uh, because that's all you were going on. And mm -hmm. uh, I imagine this this clears up a lot, makes people more distinct to be able to tell the difference as this story goes on. I, I could be wrong, but I had trouble sometimes following who some of these secondary characters were, especially after a month has gone by. Right. You know. Well, the show is in color, and it has that same problem. True. <laughs> figure out who is who. But, True. Yeah, I, I definitely hear what you're saying with the art, too. Um, but it had uh, Kirkman wrote a long essay in this one that I thought was really interesting. And, it, well, the first thing he says is there are no plans to collect these as trades. He said the black and white ones are the books. So if you're if you're wanting to have these in your library, those are the originals. This is just a bonus thing. Um, Don't throw this back in my face. Yeah, he's going. They, like they will eventually. There'll be an omnibus, but he says there's no. You know, Walking Dead was so clockwork. You know, six months, six issues, then a trade. Then after a year, a hardcover with twelve issues. Oh like, yeah, it was boom, boom, boom. So not having any plan and for the future is at least saying something. Means you be better buy it. Yeah, it'll be at least a year. But he said so many people up to, uh, over the years have come up to him and say, I'd like to read the comic, but I just can't do black and white. There's people who just I believe it. aren't I into it or it hurts yeah. their eyes or yeah, whatever. 
and he said he admitted it was to save money at the beginning. It was cheaper to make black and white. He didn't know how long it was going to last. And it was originally supposed to be Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. Because that's in the public domain. It was supposed to be a Night of the Living Dead comic, and he thought the black and white matched yeah. the movie. Yeah, yeah. So he, he kind of explained his reasons for the past and the present, and each issue is going to have his handwritten notes. So he is very old school, and with a pencil and paper, writes out, you know, 1 to 20 page numbers, page 1. Rick wakes up, page two, and like he plots out the book that way. And he says he's done that from issue one till the last issue. And he has all these handwritten notes. And he said it's been fun going back and looking at them. So he did kind of a commentary explaining what he meant by this. So you're going to be able to see what changed, what he scribbled out, you know, what was altered or what was on the cutting room floor, basically. So it's not just a cash grab. There's interesting bonus stuff involved, and it's, it's kind of neat. Well, uh, I mean, it... I joke about that, but it, it's real. Everybody wins here. They they make money. Comic shops make money. Fans that if you want it, it's available. I mean, it's this is a good idea. Uh, you know, I just think it's funny because it is. It's such a good idea. Why? I wonder how long ago they thought of it. <laughs> uh, they said he's been the the colorist has been working on it. He, he said for literally years, like. Yeah. He, he said he has like the first 50 colored exactly. already or something. So it has, exactly. you know, it, they're That's not just throwing it's, it's, it's basically, he's been doing it between other jobs and stuff. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's been in the work. Uh, images had a couple other biggies. Uh, the department of truth just launched James Tinney and the fourth, who is a big writer on Batman right now and artist Martin or Martin Simmons. This is the one about conspiracy theories. <sighs> Um, and basically the idea is in this world, if enough people believe in it, it becomes real. So there is this department of like secret agents making sure, it, you know, the crazies don't get too crazy. So like in the first one, there's like a plane full of people going to this flat earth conference. And they're like, if these people all, you know, the earth's going to turn flat, basically, you know, it's, it's a little more uh, nuanced than that, but. That's the idea. And then there was a big twist at the end, if you want me to spoil it. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm pro right, spoilers. So, uh, at the end of issue one, you find out the head of this department is Lee Harvey Oswald. What? I just going to say something about Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to tackle aliens and assassinations <laughs> and all the crazy conspiracy theories in American history. It's, it's gonna Sounds like a book I should read. That sounds good. I want to do a pitch here in the middle of everything. This is anybody that hears this. Uh, I'm curious. I want to know. If, I want to know you guys' opinion and any listeners' opinion. If you want to put comment on Facebook or the like. So this is a new segment called "Yeah, You Pitch Me." You pitch me. <laughs> I, I'm pitching this. I I want to know whether anyone has any interest because I can totally. We cannot do this at all, and that's also fine. Does it, do you guys? I, I had slightly mentioned this before, but do you guys have any interest in playing an RPG? Uh, the the uh, the pitch I would give you is post-apocalypse. Cliff, Jordan, and Ronald P. Tramp are in a post-apocalyptic future. RPG. I'm not a gamer per se. Yeah, I know you guys don't really have any experience. Uh, Cliff's right. never played. Cliff's never played. Jordan mm. has minimal. Jo uh, Michael has played minimally. Correct. Did yeah. not. Didn't you play with us one time? I've, yeah, on and off. Um, yeah, I would be up for doing it totally in character the whole entire time. That that's. I felt like that was a no brainer. <laughs> Okay, I was just curious. And any thoughts? I'm, I'm curious if literally anyone <laughs> has, has anything pro about this. Like, if, if no one says anything, I don't think it's going to happen. Like, literally someone out there is going to have to say, I want this. Okay? And if no one says that. It, you buried it at the tail end right. yes. of a comic book section. Then yeah. we assume everyone turns off. Yeah. 
that's how bad that's how much work is involved <laughs> so so if if not one person says hey i would like to see that or listen to that then then maybe it'll happen all right sorry <clears throat> carry on and uh, then there's another image book this could be a big one i'm not sure about it uh donnie cates and jeff shaw crossover no one I, quite knows what this is about but it's got a whole lot of buzz it's supposed to be as big as anything ever was like the it's supposed as far as comics go it's supposed to be like as big as the original crisis because I've, I've been reading into this and I, i've been but again it's very vague like they're, they're just like they're like this is the biggest thing ever well i have read issue one i got a pdf of it Ooh. so i have a little knowledge um it might be out by the time this comes out who knows it, it comes out very soon so it's on the horizon this uh issue one the final order cutoffs already passed. It sold 150,000 copies. The, this is the biggest seller for Image since Danger Girl in 1998. Th this is a quantity of books Image has not sold in an awful long time. Uh, it just broke the record. Uh, Mark Miller's, re his first book from the Netflix line, The Magic Order, sold like 140,000 copies. But I learned a funny story about that one. They had a comic convention, uh, Reed Pop, who puts on a bunch of different shows, order 100,000 copies as giveaways to their cons. So they fudged the numbers in order for Mark Miller to have, you know, a bunch of press releases about having a great, you know, record-breaking thing. Uh, then the books came out, and it featured male nudity. So the con said, we it. can't give these away. <gasps> so they pulped 100,000 books. <laughs> Wow. So Mark Miller got all the press, the Comic Con lost a whole bunch of money, and no one ever talks about the Magic Order. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> that's, that's just a sidebar in history. So this is legit numbers. There are over 50 retailer exclusive variant covers, so the numbers are pumped up a bit by all the variants because people think it's going to be a speculator hit as well. But uh, the idea is it's superheroes in the real world, which, again, is something we've seen a million times. Never heard of it. But there's something a little more to it. Um, the first page, when you open it up, it has a quote. And it's a Frederick Wortham quote, the guy who wrote Seduction of the Innocent that led to all the congressional trials in the 50s. Uh. And it was like, comic books are the worst thing for juvenile mind, blah, blah, blah. It's a long quote from Wortham. And then below that, it says, kids love chains, Todd McFarlane. <laughs> and I was like, I am into this book already. <laughs> I'm digging it. So the main character is like a comic fan. And there's a comic. And the, and the main setting in this first issue was at a comic shop. And it's basically uh, the sky opened up and all these superheroes flooded through into the real world. And everyone hates them. They destroyed a whole bunch of buildings, killed a bunch of people in this big crisis-type war. Right. Um, and then some Doctor Strange-type character sealed them all in a bubble and said, you guys fight in this bubble and leave us to our own lives. Okay, so, this is really pissing me off right now. <laughs> is this the Impossible Family? No, this, <laughs> this, this is going into the backstory of our heroic 9.0. Oh, I knew it was. We wrote this. No, like seriously, like our concept behind that was that there was superheroes in the real world and the physics of that world couldn't handle it and it was breaking down. So they sealed them into like a pocket universe where they existed and it erased it from their timeline. Nobody knows that they existed ever. But I'm they picturing the dome from like around Avengers to 40 some that everybody in the dome or whatever yeah. yeah and that was the whole thing about like them turning into which of course i'm spoiling this series but who knows when it will ever come out so it's not <laughs> never happened anyway but that was the part of that the whole reason why the kids turn into superheroes is just tell us the villain <laughs> wanted gave everybody a lot of fucking trouble 
<laughs> Jordan, do you have a problem with this? Go for it. <laughs> the- Again, it's buried at the tail end in the comic book section. No one listens to it. Only a few people are going to hear it. The villain is the one that wants the kids to activate this phone to turn them into superheroes because it puts a crack into this pocket universe. Because that's where all the supervillains are. And it slowly starts leaking out to supervillains and they're, they're trying to get access to because there's only there, there's no superpowers in this world. But, Go back to the what was finish what you were saying about it. Though. Well, I reading it, I, it, I actually didn't think of our book reading this, so it's a it's a different enough. A little different. It, it didn't make me think of oh no, we're in trouble. So, but the main character is like a fangirl who shops at the uh, at, at a comic store, and it's basically since, since the heroes showed up and everyone hates them, comic sales have tanked, and. There's only one, you know, in this big city, there's one surly comic shop owner left who, who still has, like, pre-hero comics for sale. And he doesn't, he doesn't tread in the new stuff that's just, it's all, you know, we're, we've gone back to romance and uh, Western yeah. and non-superhero stuff. So, yeah, there's little twists and turns. And now this, I don't know for sure. This is not in the first issue. I am just speculating. But Image, when they do a big launch, they send emails to the retailers. And they're pretty much all the same. They have the writer or the artist introduce themselves and say what their book's about. What book is it like? And it's always, you know, if you, if your if your people like Walking Dead or Saga, they should buy this. You know, it's always, you know, tying oh, yeah. into if you else. like the best selling thing ever, <laughs> yeah, that's you basically get this too. basically what it is. But when Donnie Kate sent his, it was if you like Spawn, Savage Dragon. Young Blood, Invincible. I enlisted every image book in the last thirty years. Right. Like, wait a minute, why is that about? So the title is crossover, and it involves a whole bunch of superheroes. So the thought is, it's just going to be a whole bunch of heroes, and the speculation is, it might not just be image heroes. It might be other companies. Uh, Donny Cates works for Marvel. He has a really good, uh, rep, uh, uh, you know, relationship with Marvel. So who knows if you know Spider-Man shows up or something? We, that because he said issue. He basically said in issue. I forget how he worded it, but it was very funny. It was uh, if you think you know what's going to happen in this book, it happens in issue four. <laughs> and if you stick around till issue six. That's when we break it all, basically. And I said that issue six is going to make the news. There's going to be stories on CNN, like something huge. Oh, so, like, good luck. Yeah, Post-election. The hype, the, hype is, <laughs> the hype is beyond ridiculous. So it certainly can't wow. live up to it. Reviews are calling it the next Watchmen and all that. So who oh knows? Oh, my God. But the first issue I thought was good. Say again. I, I apologize. What was it called? It's just called Crossover. Oh, okay. I've heard of something, but I have an idea like that. They never pursued. (laughs) (laughs) Not you. I'm talking about something else. But yeah, I'm sure the I'm sure it can't live up to this pre-hype. But here we are. This is just let us bask in this moment of uh, right before it drops. Put that book on my pull list, Jordan. I want to see how many more ideas it steals from me. (laughs) Sons of bitches. Add to pull. I'll write that in my notes. Okay, I got two more. Uh, Marvel has not been competing with all this stuff. Uh, their big thing right now is X of Swords, the X-Men crossover. It is 22 chapters long, tying into every X-Book. Yes. X-Men, it's where in the 90s, baby. X-Men, X-Factor, X-Force, the Hellions, the Marauders, Wolverine, Cable. So... It's it's a big mess. I'm not even sure I could explain what's happening. Uh, the mutants are all living on the mutant island of Krakoa, and there are these mystical gates they use to transport each other back and forth. Well, there's this other island that used to be part of Krakoa that they had to kind of banish. Is it the Krakoa? And millions of years ago, Apocalypse uh, held off an invasion. And like sealed all the bad people on this other island, in this other realm, 
and they've spent millennia getting stronger and getting ready to attack us. So uh, something apocalypse didn't finish years and years and years in the past is coming back to haunt us now. And it's not actually X of swords. It's 10 of swords. Like the number X is the number uh. 10 because that is a tarot card. And people who use tarot cards are inherently clever. Right. Like but Jonathan was... Hickman. <laughs> okay. I heard he was a big tarot lady. <laughs> All right, last one. Batman Three Jokers. I just got in issue three, so it's over. I have read the last one. Um, I don't know. I don't. I again, I'm not sure about this book. This is Jeff Johns, the writer. Jason Fabok, the artist. It looks a whole lot like Killing Joke. The pages are laid out the same. It has like a nine-panel grid. The art, uh, the style of the art looks a lot like Killing Joke. The the flavor of the story is trying to be Killing Joke, but it's just, it's not Killing Joke. Sorry. I don't know how much you would want me to spoil about that one. Oh, I'll we, take it all. All right, we're at the end here. So if you don't want to know the end of the Killing or Listen to me messing that up. Listen. If you, don't, if you don't want to know the end of Three Jokers, tune out now and we'll see you next time. But He's not in the business of selling comics anymore. He's just nope. telling you what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that great? And here is what happened. Hey, don't I sold a lot of it. issues. I sold a lot of issues one and two. So by this point, who cares? They're going to read Three's a bonus. <laughs> so the idea, it, it could have been one issue. It was three oversized issues, and it was all very stylish. And they would have like, you know, a nine-panel grid, and it'll be Batman looking that way, and then Batman looking down, and then a shot of like a light, and then back to Batman. Like it was just, it was a whole lot of filler. The art was beautiful. It looked really cool, but just not a whole lot happened throughout it. But the idea of these three Jokers that's been teased forever. They're, they they wanted to, quote-unquote, build a better Joker. So they were going and finding people and, like, throwing them in the, in the acid and just creating more Jokers. So one of them got the idea that to be the best Joker, it would have to be somebody who meant something to Bruce Wayne. So they go break, you know, Joe Chill is in prison on his last legs, dying of cancer. And they're like, hey, if we turn Joe Chill into the Joker, that'll be all the terrible things about Joker. And then all the psychology that Batman has about Joe Chill. So that it becomes the sort of, it becomes the sort of, can Bruce ever forgive Joe Chill for his actions and not look at him the same way and all this stuff. But I would have thrown Superman in there. <laughs> Oh, that's that's a sequel, Batman Fortune. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it Red Hood kills one of the Jokers, and now is that does he kill the one that killed him? Um, yes. I well, no. Yes, what's, what's maybe the difference I think. between the Jokers. There's like old school criminal Joker. Who's just like a gangster. Right. There is Killing Joke, Psychological Nutcase Joker. Okay, Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, and then there's like clownish, theatrical, yeah. 70s Joker. So Scooby-Doo Joker. Right. So yeah, Which he did rip his face off. That one's not uh, mentioned. That's like okay. Joker 2.5 or something. <laughs> um. So anyway, it all just sort of happens and none of it. It doesn't really lead to anything. If you don't call this episode Scooby-Doo Joker, <laughs> I am stuck on that. I can't even think. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so anyway, what people will be talking, like the plot doesn't really change a whole lot about the Joker, but what people, they'll be talking about two things, okay? So here is the major spoiler about this book. Boom. Um, basically... Jason and Barbara are like, well, that's crazy. We still never found out who Joker was. Okay, bye, Bruce. And Bruce admits to Alfred, he says, I'm Batman. 
I knew who Joker was a week after we found him. So for the entire history of the Batman comics, he's known Joker's real name. What? Which doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but eh. So that leads to Bruce goes to Alaska and it starts flashing back to panels from the killing joke where the Joker finds out his wife and kid are dead. And that's his one bad day that leads to him becoming the Joker. Well, his wife and kid were not dead. They were taken into police custody and hidden from him. So Bruce knows his his wife and child are alive living in Alaska and safe and happy. And the Joker doesn't. So... So he one bad day the Joker... Took basically, his wife and kid. Basically, yeah. So created his own. Why were they taking him to police custody? Well, some of the flashbacks were like him screaming at her, where he's like, "Because there's where's yeah, my it, shirt?" Yeah, it was basically <laughs> like <laughs> you never believed in me, and it was like showing he was a becoming psychotic. Mm. But yeah, it doesn't quite explain why they would go to these extraordinary lengths before he ever is the Joker, but. Right. Yeah, so yeah, Batman knows everything and he, he he he's part of Joker's origin, I guess, as or Joker was to his, I guess. I, I don't this know. This is supposed to be canon. <sighs> it's black label, it's its own thing, mm. but I'm sure they'll they all get they, their dicks out and everything. <laughs> the way killing joke wasn't originally <laughs> really tell which joker's which <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's the one with the shirt or one with his dick out. <laughs> no, it's a Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Zoinks. Well, what would you do for a Scooby snack? But pull that. <laughs> pull that, that comic. I'll read that. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, this was their huge selling prestige event comic. And I, I don't know how people are going to take it. I, I read it last night and was like, oh, okay, I guess. I don't like things that change things I love. Like, when I go back and read Killing Joke, now I'm going to be thinking about this. Right. And I don't like that. I don't like retconning Stone Cold Classics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But it's not so offensive that it ruins anything. <laughs> so I, I don't know. It's too fresh to me to, to, to know for sure. So but, now, to be clear, the, this is... How many parts were the? How many is this over? Yeah, that was the last. It was just three okay. issues. Okay. Three but jokers. Three wow. Issues. But it should have been one. It could have all fit into one pretty easily, the way Killing Joke did. Right. Well, I gotta sell some freaking comics here and there. It should have ended with Jason Todd becoming the Joker. That was That'd the rumor at the Joker. beginning. I like that idea. Because they, they wanted stole... it, again. They wanted someone who 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 had ties to Bruce. So if they, they were trying to throw Jason into the acid, it's like, Oh, he'd make a great joker. Cause he, you know, something, something else Bruce failed to do is save him a second time. Right. They didn't really pursue that. I, that was the, the premise I thought they were hinting at, but it didn't quite go there. No, what you keep saying they, is this the court of owls? No, it doesn't have anything to do with them. Just the, the court of jokers. <laughs> <laughs> it's the whole gang. Yeah, basically the end is there. There is an original or was an original, but they've made some other ones. So they, yeah. it's, it hints they're not even sure who the original one is. Oh man, I think it's Jared Leto. Mm. He's probably has a gut. All right, I feel like this has gotten out of hand. <laughs> That's what we wanted. We built up to this. <laughs> this wasn't supposed to be an entire episode just about comics, but who knows? When we get to talking <laughs> comics, who knows, who knows what's going to happen? Before we started this episode, did Jordan say there's not that much to fill an episode? Yeah, there was yeah. there was enough for almost an episode. Yeah, we did it. All right, let's call it there then, and we won't talk comics for another bit we will we will we will leave that for a while we'll just drop that there 
unless something crazy happens or Perlmutter makes any more news. So. We like people like these little these comic episodes. Yeah, I like. I it. hope so. I hope I like it. I like it. All right, we hope you liked it as well, and we will talk to you soon. My name's Jordan Lowe. Cliff Barnes. I am the last Joker of them all. <laughs> One tucking his shirt in. I'm sad to buy forever. There's a Joker, there's a Toker, there's a Midnight Smoker. <laughs> Who is the Pompadus of Love? <laughs> <laughs> We know. Same one as Michelangelo. (laughs) Bye forever. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. You can connect with us through social media on Facebook, YouTube, at The Kapow Podcast on Twitter, or email the show, Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast at gmail.com. If you really want to go the extra mile, please sign up to be a patron through the Podbean app or our website, www.udownwithkpp.com, to receive special content and early access to some episodes. We are grateful to anyone that chooses to contribute, but please know that most of our content will always remain free, so please continue to like, comment, and share.